When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota, building Australia. Yeah, welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, and together we are building Australia. Right now, gentlemen, it is time for our feature interview. Thanks to IMR Insurance, the tradies, mate, called 1-3-IMR. Bit of a historical one, Stevie J, because this year, it's the 24th time in 25 years that supercars have raced at <laughs> Albert Park. Don't know what happened in, 20, in 2007, but this man might be able to explain it to us. And that man is, of course, the V8 sleuth himself. Please welcome to the driver's seat once again, Aaron Noonan. Oh, whoa. whoa. Stop, stop. That's way too much. Feature interview, fanfare. <laughs> this is, you've got, you, you boys have lost it. This is crazy. We even, we even brought the studio audience in there for you, mate. We don't often do that. <laughs> so, you've done well. But as Nimsy said, it's... 24, 24 years we've been doing this. The one year I think everyone got the uh, the irrits with Formula One because they couldn't uh, they couldn't sell any merchandise, so they threw the toys out of the cot and said we're not coming. But it, it generally is a serious highlight of the year for the fans to see the supercars at the Grand Prix circuit, isn't it? Oh, it is. And that one year that you mentioned that they didn't have the V8 there, which was two thousand seven. It seems like yesterday, but time flies when you're having fun. Uh, a lot of the V8 drivers were still there because their sponsors had various activations and commitments and uh, a lot of them were there. They just didn't have any race cars to drive for the weekend. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a strange one and Steve will remember that because he was in the category then. So uh, you were probably just swatting around in a corporate box for four days, which is a pretty good gig, but driving a race car would be, <laughs> Come on, would be far, far better than that. But uh, yeah, it's one that everyone looks forward to because for so many years it didn't come with the same stress because it wasn't part of the championship, but... This year's the third year uh, that there's championship points on the line. So it's a bit more serious and everyone's got their eyes on a little bit more than they had in, in previous years where they probably tried things with their cars that they normally wouldn't do if there were points on the line. But it's hugely important to sponsors and to fans and corporate hospitality and the like. It's, it's a massive event. You've, you've got to be there. Mate, uh, I'll have you know that in 07, I was sponsored by Jim Beam. So I was fully uh, <laughs> under control and doing... Everything responsibly, Stephen. Correctly, yes. Uh, where do you draw the line, Noons? And uh, uh, yeah. and and having a great time at the AGP. Well, we've had a good time there for, for heaps of years. I remember being there in 1996, first day of practice for Formula One cars. Uh, I should have been at school, but I wasn't. I can admit that now, can't I? Yeah, so it doesn't absolutely. really matter. Uh, and you know that was back in the time when it wasn't even V8 supercars, and it was still. 5-litre V8 touring cars or Group A or whatever we called it at the time. Glenn Seaton won the very first race in the Ford Credit Falcon. And on the Sunday, hometown hero, Peter Perfect, Peter Brock in the HRT Commodore, uh, got the job done, beat the Fords, and the, the local Melbourne fans went nuts on the Sunday for Brocky to win there. So uh, great history over the years. And I think one of the, 
the things always being that we've seen at Albert Park is that teams and cars and drivers get on a roll there. Um, back before we had a controlled tyre where everyone's on the same rubber, it was a Dunlop track. And Stevie, you'll remember that because Russell Ingle and Larry yep. Perkins for, I think, two years in a row. Russell won seven races in a row. That's how much of a, a, a great car and an advantage that that team had at yeah. that track in that year in the late 90s. But um, his record's up for grabs. He's got eight wins, Russell Ingle, but there's three guys this weekend who could uh, knock him off and that are sitting on seven. Winterbottom, Van Gisbergen, and Scotty McLaughlin. So I reckon the Enforcer's record is going to be deleted coming into this weekend. <laughs> Do you reckon that'll go this weekend? I reckon. Uh, as long as Cam Waters and Scott McLaughlin stay away from the <laughs> roll-around the parade lap, it would be sweet. Last year, if you listeners don't know, they crashed on the roll-around lap. They hadn't even got into the race yet, and they were both out of the race for, um, for one of the four failure, races. Suspension failure, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. I think it was a bit of driver brain failure there. So <laughs> a couple of them. I'm not sure what was going on. It was one of the strange ones. Something yeah, between the eyeballs and the back of the head that had a failure there. Hey, uh, News, one of the things we love about you is you are the stats man. I mean, uh, if you don't know... Of course he is. He's just taken half my sheet off from front of me. I was, I was about say. to say, there goes all the notes. Like I wondered what that look on your face was. <laughs> um, you've got pretty well and banked and logged and filed pretty well every statistic of racing uh, since there were four wheels racing around in competition in Australia. I, I, I want to know how you... Did that? Did you literally sit in front of the television and scribble shorthand and then put it into? How, how does it all happen? How does the magic of V8 sleuth happen? Well, I think it's one of those things that a lot of other sports have their records kept by the the body themselves. So the AFL do an amazing job with their records. The NRL, Cricket Australia, Tennis Australia, motorsports really different. It's very strange and probably hasn't done a good enough job on the whole. Not just supercar racing, but all sorts of racing in terms of documenting those history items and the markers of success. And I don't know, there's, there's no grand plan. Just as, as a young kid, I liked following that stuff. You kept the, uh, the old magazines and the results that were published. And over time, you, you work in the industry and you start collecting and collating and building databases and um, going digging for the bits of info that are perhaps missing that weren't published and, uh, and drawing it all together. So you know, we're at the point now in, in my office where we, have a, we probably have the best record of Australian motorsport mainly supercars and, and touring cars and Bathurst, than anyone in the country, and, and I'd probably back it against anyone in the world. So we're probably the champion data of, of supercar racing, <laughs> what they are to, to AFL. Um, so, Stevie, I can make your stats look good no matter what. Thank you, Noons. <laughs> That's so, why we're good mates. Can, That's why we're good mates. But, but it's not just, <laughs> Nudes, it's not just race results, is it? I mean, you've got a massive, massive database on all old V8 touring cars, V8 supercars, where they've photos. gone, photos, everything, mm. haven't you? And and a lot of those people that either own those cars or want to own a particular car come to you, don't they, to try to find it yeah. uh, and purchase it or yeah. sell it through your site? Oh, yeah, that's exactly right, Stevie. And, and a lot of these cars are now valuable. I mean, when they get wheeled out of the team's workshops at the end of their racing life, the team moves on to the next car, whatever's the fastest, whatever's the shiniest, whatever's the... Um, the one that's going to win them the next race, and the old one just gets pushed out the door. Yep. Um, but a lot of times these cars now, some 10, 15, 20 years on, uh, come into the hands of collectors who have them restored, um, who, who want to get the thing right. They want to have it looking exactly how it looked in the certain year, the certain race, and the, the certain livery that it ran back in the day. And that's where all of our work of keeping a track of all this stuff comes into play. And quite frankly, mate, you've got to put it in a website because no one's brain could remember 
all that stuff. I'd like <laughs> sure. to think I'm a nerd, but I can't quite go to that sort of a level. But it's become a, a really handy service for, uh, for car collectors and restorers and people who are doing their homework before they go and buy. So it's a really cool part of the sport that I've really loved to, to be involved in. And the teams have always been very supportive. And I know Dick Johnson Racing and DJ Tim Penske have always been great as well with um, a, a much younger me and a slightly older me in the, the latter years wandering in and out of their garages and double-checking which car was which and jotting it down the notebook and toddling off to the next garage and annoying the next team manager and the like. So had great support from up and down the pit lane over the years. And funnily enough, over 10 or 15 years, it's those very same teams that end up ringing up saying, hey, so that old car that we had way back when, <laughs> uh, it, it's quite funny how it, uh, it all comes around. So, mate, you, you're, I would say, as you just said, you'd back it anywhere against the world. You're the doyen of, of stats and documenting our sport. Obviously, just before the Adelaide 500 this year, we had the, the very sad news that there will hold, be no Holden going, for the, uh, going, for, uh, going forward. Um, so that now leaves you in a position of, of bringing uh, some of those stats to play in a new book that you've got coming up called Racing the Lion. Um, how has that been? And, and seriously, since the demise of Holden, the demand for that book must have gone through the roof. Yeah, you're right. And it's one of those things where a piece of news like that, that's like Ferrari leaving Formula One, Holden yeah. out of supercar racing, and not just Holden backing or the Commodore, which we already knew was, was leaving, but now the brand, the badge, the lion, um, years and years of history is disappearing. So we just felt it was appropriate that um, we put together a, a, a book that's uh, an illustrated history of Holden Racing over the years. We've got all these great photos in the files at the office, so we thought, well, let's get them all out and start to lay them out. The problem is, how do you fit 70-odd years of racing history in 400 pages? It's a little <laughs> bit difficult, but it's a, a challenge we're willing to take on. And um, thank you for mentioning the book. Yeah, Racing the Lion, it is. Um, you can order it online, and it'll be available a little bit later in the year. But, it's, you know, it's Monaros, and it's Tiranas, and it's Commodores, and it's um, rallying and it's off-road trials and it's rally cross and it's Brock and Scaife and Lowndes and all the superstars from, from over the years. There's all the, the obvious well-known things like Bathurst winning cars and some of the things that people have probably forgotten about along the way from production cars and sports sedans and yeah, there's some good old stuff in there. We're, we're having a few fights in the office as to whose photo <laughs> uh, gets in which page where. It's a bit of an ongoing fight, so we better get it sorted before we go to the, uh, you know, the print presses later. On, on more than one occasion, uh, the old man DJ can uh, can make a cameo in that book. Uh, <laughs> I only just saw recently uh, on the socials the uh, the time that Dad drove the A9X at Bathurst as a, <laughs> as a tribute to Brocky at, in uh, 2018, I think it was, Noons, wasn't it? it was, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, a few years back at the 12 hour, they put him mm. behind the wheel of, of Brock 78 Bathurst Wing Toronto. But you remember, well, actually, it's probably a little bit before your time, but yeah. what did he start racing in, mate? A he, Holden. He did. He started racing yes. in an FX Holden. There you go. Number yeah, 38, an Jay, it was. And he drove a Tirana and he had a go yep. at a few Holden cars. So I'm sure we can find a way to weave Dick Johnson into a Holden book <laughs> just to really rile a few Holden fans. <laughs> and, my, and my sister did cry when he sold that Tirana, too. Well,. She'd cry even more if she knew exactly what it's worth because it would be worth quite a bit of money, I would have thought, too. Exactly. Now, mate, we say that we say you are a good friend to the show and another good friend uh, to our show is young Gregory Rust. Now, you both have extremely successful podcasts. Yourself, of course, the V8 Sleuth podcast uh, that's got lots and lots of content on it. It's a great listen, especially when you're stuck in traffic and you've got nothing to listen to. Um, and then there's Greg Rust with Rusty's Garage. But... The two titans of the podcast world met last week, and you actually uh, interviewed Gregory for your podcast. How was that for, as an experience? 
really strange. He's on the other yeah. side of the microphone. I don't think he was all that happy with the idea. <laughs> I've been trying to get Rusty. So Rusty and I have known one another for 20-odd years, and it took until last year for the first time for us to ever work together um, in, in something of a full-time role with the TCR television that we worked on last year. And I kept saying to him, right, we're going to do this at some stage. We'll find a window. Of course, we never did. And finally, in very recent times, I dragged him into the office when he um, came into town in, in Melbourne for some work that he was doing. And we had a great sit-down. Um, yeah, uh, uh, if your listeners have a chance, jump on the V8 Sleuth podcast. It's an upcoming episode in the next few weeks. And he really opened up about a range of things that I probably didn't expect him to talk about. Um, there was a... Uh, and I won't give it all away because you've got to listen in. That's the way that it all Absolutely, works. We know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he had a really big health scare when he was at a MotoGP event in Germany that he wasn't able to commentate um, and much more serious than I ever realised. And I don't think that anyone ever realised that it was. And it crossed his paths in a hospital with our late great mate, Jason Richards, who was undergoing uh, treatment for cancer at the time. That's one to listen out for too. And he opens up about his departure from supercars a couple of years ago, which mm. he hasn't really talked about to this sort of level before, but uh, he's very honest and, and open and, and forthright in his views. And I think that's something that people will get a lot from. He's a great guy, Greg Rust. He's, he is loved and adored by everyone in our, in our championship and in our motorsport community. He is such a professional. Um, he's a great guy. It was great to sit down. Yes, the microphones were on. We're generally doing it when we're not got a microphone in front of us but he was he was open and he told so many great stories and the story of taking the mickey out of peter brock in new zealand if you've never heard it before <laughs> he tells it complete with accent in place when he mimics a new zealand radio personality to ring brock to do a radio interview driving back to uh, the track from Pukekohe to Auckland one year, and it's well worth a listen. It's quite funny too. And in fact, if you if you jump onto the V8 Sleuth podcast, you'll see you'll hear a ripper uh, two part podcast interview with Dave Reynolds. It's an absolute ripper listen. You have got to have a listen to it. If you, uh, as I say, I was stuck in traffic for an hour the other day, and I reckon or two hours, and I reckon I knocked over about two and a half podcasts. It was brilliant. Yeah, we've had some some great feedback. Thanks, Matty. We really appreciate. It. I mean, we've we've spoken to some great stars of the sport and. Um, we've got some more cool ones coming up. We've just done a chat with Larry Perkins, the Dave Reynolds one you mentioned. Uh, we're going to review some supercar rounds during the year and do some classic cars too. So yeah, we'll have a pile of fun. So yeah, follow along. Of course, you know, the driver's seat, you've got to listen to all the driver's seat stuff too. That's <laughs> got to be done as well. I mean, I think we're all in the community here. Everyone listens to everything else. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had David, David Reynolds has his own podcast and he's been on mine. Rusty has as well. So Stevie J's been on mine. So yeah. who's next? Well, and you've got Below the Bonnet. You've got, what's the one that Scotty Mack does? Balls and Bonnets. Balls and Bumpers. Balls and Bumpers. Balls and bumpers. Mm. Yeah, So it, the, yeah, there is a bunch of content around, which is really cool. If you didn't have already enough on your plate there, Noons, you've also got the V8 Sleuth Classic, which we sort of teased might have happened at Winton last year, but it got put on ice. But it's going to be uh, happening at, in September this year at the OTR 500 at the Bend. Um, give us a, a quick snapshot about that. How's that looking? Yeah, that was something that you guys gave great support to last year where the plan was the V8 Sleuth Classic was going to run at Winton uh, at the TCR round in August. Unfortunately, the entries were a little bit too small for us to go ahead as a standalone event. But what we've done this year is um, amalgamated it and made it part of the final round of the Kumo V8 Touring Car Series, which is it's, it's the third tier, really, of the supercars. Which It was called Super 3 last year. It's gone back to its V8 Touring Car uh, name this year. Uh, so they've always had a class for the older V8 supercars and that's probably died away in the last few years because a lot of young kids have been getting in the series and want to progress up the ladder and get to Super 2 and 
push their way up to the main game one day. So a lot of the guys with the older cars weren't as competitive and they were not getting them out of the garage and the shed. So this is an opportunity to, to fuse this together with the last round of the five-round Kumo series and, and really encourage some of those cars from the late 90s and the early noughties and maybe an old Stevie J number 17 might wheel out somewhere along the line. <laughs> you reckon we could convince you to have a steer? Oh, I reckon, mate. I reckon uh, that wouldn't be a bad idea, to be fair. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I, I pull a crowd, as you know. I pull a crowd. <laughs> what, two? Yeah. It's still a crowd. There's two's a crowd. No, isn't three a crowd? Two's company, three's a crowd. I can pull three. <laughs> We really do appreciate you taking some time out to have a chat with us here on the driver's seat. Uh, make sure you do keep an eye on the V8 Sleuth podcast. It is doing some fantastic numbers as well. And it is powered by our good mates at Timken, a world it leader is. in bearings and mechanical power transmission products and services. So uh, thanks for you guys Where's the cha-ching sound? Oh, you want you guys go? You want the cha-ching, do you? All right. There we go. There you go. Nicely done. As you said, Noons, there is a lot of podcasts out there and we all need to keep the lights on. So, <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. One day we could all be together on the one roof and we just record one big podcast and we can all have the rest of the week off. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey, Noons, hopefully we'll see you around the AGP in a couple of rounds too, mate. And I uh, hope the V8 Sloot Classic goes gangbusters. Also, for... For Ford fans out there too, make sure you get a hold of the official history of 40 years of cars for Dick Johnson Racing slash DJR Team Penske from 1980 to 2019. I've seen some ripper photos that you've been kind enough to share on the social, so that's going to be an absolute bumper as well. So v8sleuth.com.au for everything you need. Once again, Noons, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, and uh, we'll see you soon. I'm sure for all those plugs, the invoice is in the mail to me. Appreciate it. Good to chat to you all, boys. Fantastic Jeez, stuff. Great to be with you again. Aaron Noonan was our feature interview. Thanks to IMAR Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 13IMAR or visit imar.com.au. This is the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota, building Australia. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.